HD Wild, November season four. Hello, you are listening to the November 2020 episode of HT Wow High Tea with Old Waver. Thank you so much for being patient because this is a little bit late and you'll find out why coming up uh, very shortly. But before we get to the amazing content and the heartwarming stories that no doubt will send you reaching for tissues and picking up your phone and calling every loved one you have, <laughs> we want to uh, let you know that we're continuing the amazing and awesome promotion that we uh, kicked off last month. This is uh, what I like to call the Pimp Us on Apple Podcasts promo. I just came up with that on top of my head. Hashtag it. Uh, so all you have to do, go to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, punch us up a five-star review, write us some words, and then before you hit enter, do a little screen grabby and uh, email that to me, htwowpod at gmail.com or you can uh, tweet it at old waiver and uh you know i'll retweet it and people will be like wow uh look at that awesome person listening to that awesome podcast i want to follow them and all of their friends because they're obviously amazing and they have great taste uh so if you do that if you write a review and you screen grab it and you send it to me uh then i will send you an htwow koozie man it's an exclusive HTL koozie that you could not possibly get unless you were a patron or you bought it with your own money off of Zazzle. Amazing. It keeps your cold drinks cold and keeps your warm drinks warm. I mean, I guess it I guess it works on warm drinks too. It's one of those collapsible, you know, it's not one of those that's going to take up a bunch of room. It folds flat, it's white, and it has the full color H2L logo on both sides. Both sides. On both sides. Both sides. Both sides. So no matter how you're holding your beer, people will be like, oh, damn. Damn. It's like two koozies in one. They listen to that sweet-ass podcast that I've never heard of. Man. So, uh, yes, please do that. Please uh, spread the word about HTWOW and uh, go to oldwaver.com and sign up for the uh, Premium After Dark podcast. And um, by all means, have a Merry Christmas. God bless it. Silent night, holy night, holy
Or maybe she's like one of those really cockney <laughs> girls who's really ballooned up and eats lots of stones all the time. Man. <laughs> And we'll get into why it's belated here in just a second. So this is a um, a song swap and a beer swap. Um, I brought the beers this time. Um, Non-COVID times, our beer sponsor is Good Friend Package. Woo! And we want to give them some love. Just, you know, because they're still open. And they'll still make you a sandwich. You just have to take it to go. So uh, check out Good Friend Package, 1155 PV Avenue. Sandwich. Lovely sandwiches, and uh, usually a fine selection of beers to go, but not so much now. So uh, actually, these beers were brought to my home by our good friend Dale. 
and I just I was leaving in haste this morning and didn't want to run by the beer store or make decisions, so I just grabbed stuff that I had in the fridge. Dale was our beer provider? Well, for this one. Okay. Uh, our first beer is a Spindle Tap Brewery's Hop Gusher IPA. Are you familiar with Spindle Tap? No. I mean, I am familiar with Spindle Top. At Six Flags? No, it's a very famous... Uh, Gusher out in West Texas. I don't know if you know. What I don't Spindle like it. Top I don't was. like it when you say gusher. <laughs> no. it is it because it ma- it's creepy or is it sexy? Both. Yeah. Um, the spindle top at Six Flags. That was the thing when it would pin you to the wall with the centrifugal force, and then the floor would drop out, and you'd be stuck to the wall. Yeah, I never got on those things. In that. Wasn't that the spindle top? It, probably. I, I don't remember that. We I remember I was more of an Astroworld. I was, uh, I'm, I'm Houston growing up. Well, Spindle Tap is from Houston. There you go. So you are supporting H-Town. Um, can you read the ABV? It's like white on yellow. Why can't, do can't the can't, read it. Do, why do they do that? Can't possibly read it. Is that 6.5? It says, where are you on the front of the cannon? On the, the front at the bottom. It is a, what's funny is I have to get out of the lot. Yes. 6.5. 6.5. Yeah, I'm not killing us this time. Although, stay tuned for beer number two because I'm going to make Toby drink that one blind. That's because it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> so you got me some. Yay! It's called peanut butter and jelly. It's close. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so this is a beer swap and a song swap. So uh, I think we're sticking with the new and improved, streamlined, uh, sexy, fighting weight version of HT Wow, where we, uh, we choose four songs rather than six songs. And then the After Dark, which we'll talk about later, is uh, eight songs. And so, um, and this is a very special HT Wow. Because our four songs are not uh, four songs that uh, we picked because we want to play for one another or they're new jams that we just can't wait to uh, debut on our international pod. That's right. We are playing songs in memory of our good friend. And if you're a fan of the pod, a name that you're very familiar with, Manny. Unfortunately, we lost Manny about a month ago was it a month ago already no it's like two weeks ago uh-huh time is really really weird yeah it is really weird and so the last couple of weeks of course that's the reason why you know the pod is of course delayed we there's been a lot on our yeah we had a lot of uh a lot of grieving to do a lot of things to do um you know he was a single guy and so uh, you know, it was up to friends to kind of help his parents get everything in order. So, you know, it's just a weird experience. And we're not going to make this all heavy and weird. You know, we may get emotional from time to time just because we're talking about our friend. But we want to make this a joyful celebration of who Manny was to us and the music that kind of fueled his life. Because yeah. he was he was 
as much about music as either one of us, maybe mm -hmm. more. Well, I think it's the reason why, well, I know, I know that you knew him from high school, but it's definitely the reason why we kicked off our friendship was because of music. Because you know how it was back then. If you were into weird music, you knew that you were going to be friends instantly. Right. If you if you met someone who had even heard of, much yeah. less was the super fan of a an obscure uh, band that you liked, yes, that's the foundation for an instant friendship. It's instant. The second you run into somebody and the first three bands that you talk about you're like well obviously i'll be able to tolerate this person for a very long time right if this well, is what we're gonna do and manny was the kind of person that um if he didn't like the first three bands that came up in conversation that he may never talk to you again yeah you're done that's over and i totally understand that i might be the exact same person um but yeah you are right we're gonna keep it light because it's another thing you know when you ask people like you know well that's what he would want you know that kind of stuff yeah. because we did uh when manny was in the hospital we had a few dbs shows and i was kind of feeling weird about even playing them and i mentioned it to two or three different people like yeah i'm thinking maybe i should cancel these or whatever and it is kind of one of those you, people really do get in your face about it and go if you cancel these do you know how mad he would be if you cancel you know that kind of right. thing and you're just like oh well i was just thinking it was weird and maybe we shouldn't and they're like no he'd be so pissed and he would definitely be pissed if we had a very depressing super sad podcast he that's not going to be he would hate that yes. so of course we're going to keep it light we'll keep it funny because that's how it is and I think this is going to be one of the best ones ever because, of course, we're playing... We're playing the hits. The jams of the jams. These are all Manny's favorite bands, so they're all all of our favorite bands, and this is great. Yeah, it was it was hard for us to pick the particular songs, um, but not the bands. Now, we started mm -hmm. with Depeche Mode because it was kind of a coin flip between Depeche Mode and New Order. Of to kick it off? To kick it off. Yeah. But but we ended up going with Depeche Mode because later in life, Manny, I think, had worn himself out on New Order. And so he was much more inclined to listen to Depeche Mode than mm. New Order. I would say initially New Order might have been his number one. Yeah. I think back in, in high school days, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, then we're going to uh, kick things off here in a minute with The Cure. Uh, then we're going to play some Sundays, some Cocteau Twins, and the Smiths, because those were his top four, uh, and he would always vacillate between which one was at the top of the list. Right, and then we'll, you know, of course, After Dark, we'll go into Joy Division and New Order and just everything else we can think of. Right. But... You're exactly right. This is going to be a good one, man. It is going to be a good one. So, how how did uh, Depeche Mode cement your friendship, or what was the memory that you were going to go? Well, of course, we well we've been to a ton of Depeche Mode concerts together, and I think we the battle used to always, and we've talked about this on the pod before, of who's better live of the 
of the top two bands, it's definitely Depeche Mode or The Cure. And the argument will go, I'm, I've been on both sides of the argument, depending on who you saw last. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think that they're just two different beasts. No yeah. doubt about it. But we've gone to many Depeche Mode concerts together, but this is the deal. Manny was from, grew up, I guess, till 14 or 15 in Houston. Mm-hmm. So my very first Depeche Mode concert was Black Celebration. Of course, we didn't know each other. But there were, have you ever told you the story about the guys, the hairspray flamethrower no, uh-uh. guys? Uh-uh. Okay, so in front of me, I was there with my high school girlfriend and like two other people. And right in front of me... What, what venue is this? Do you remember? Southern Star Amphitheater. So it looked just like a, you know, a Starplex. Okay. Exactly. Well, except the floor was flat. It had the grass thing above it, but it didn't like go down with seats. Like they were rows of seats that could be removed, I think. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, um, so we're in our rows and these goth guys in front of us that were wearing, you remember back then you would wear the tights, but you would have, when you were a dude, you could wear like the long, like the Simon Gallup dress. Yeah. Kind of black, real long thing. Yeah, sometimes pinned up in the middle. Yeah, and so they would have kind of these long skirts on these dudes, and then the, the you know, full-on kind of sweater jacket kind of thing over it. And so they looked cool as hell, and they were right in front of us, and they all had braces, which was also, you know, the goth with braces is a good look, you know, because they're like 14 or 15. Um, and... I've, one of the first times I talked to Manny about Depeche Mode, we both figured out we were at the same concert. And we were on the floor, you know, right in front of the stage. He was probably four rows up from me and to the right, sitting on the aisle. And I was on the aisle back, about four rows from him to the left. And I was like, yeah, and there were these goth guys, and they had this hairspray. And he was like, immediately, the guys with the lighters that were shooting the flames in the air? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, those dudes were right in front of me and my girlfriend, and we loved it. Like, the the security people just kept coming over there and telling them, like, you got to stop doing that. They're just blasting flaming Aquanet into the air? Yeah, exactly. It was Aquanet, and they would just kind of get their ladder and go... And do a, so of course everyone would see him right so i was doing their own diy pyrotechnics yeah but he immediately knew he's like yeah they were back to the left of me right to the left i was like man i was right behind them and he was like that is super cool and then you know we talked book of love opened up it's a good show man when was the first time you did your depeche mode show oh man um because we would have had to have been easily 15 at this black celebration yeah i didn't go to shows when i was a kid maybe because, 14 because i was sheltered my parents didn't let me do fun things <laughs> and so uh, smoke with cigarettes yeah so i didn't i didn't go out and do stuff until i had my own car basically okay um so i don't think i saw depeche mode until Man, I'm not even sure. I don't even think I saw them until... You saw Violator. I don't even know if I saw Violator. Where did they play for Violator? See, that was a Houston one too, because I got fired because of that show. I don't think I saw them until, um, like, turn of the century. Like, whenever they kind of came back. I've seen them 
you know, five or six yeah. times in the last 20 years. Yeah, but once I don't you think, catch it once, it's on. Yeah, but I don't think I've seen them. You know, I saw them in Austin. I saw them in Boston. I saw them uh, several times in Dallas. But I don't think I ever saw them back in the day. Mm -hmm. I think I missed all that. Well, it was really cool because Black Celebration for them, when they get to, um, you know, because during Music for the Masses and all that, they realize when they're filming the 101 concert that Houston's going to be probably the biggest concert on the way to the California, on the way to the Rose Bowl, right? Because mm -hmm. they already know Black Celebration was a huge surprise for them of how packed it was. Because they were big on the radio in Houston for some reason. KRBE was just into them. So I'm, I'm guessing they were big in Dallas too at that time. 86? Yeah, I don't... That was pre-Edge, so... Oh, then no. Yeah. It wouldn't have been. Yeah, Q102 wasn't going to be playing them. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's my... Uh, we just happened to be at the same concert, like four rows from each other. That's pretty cool. But it's see so what I'm awesome. saying? It's because of music stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, as we said, Manny would go back and forth between which band was the best of all time. <laughs> he, he loved that. He wouldn't always land on The Cure, but he would agree that The Cure was the best live band of all time. Mm -hmm. And I know one of his favorite things to do uh, when we lived right across the driveway from each other, <laughs> I'll talk more about that later, um, that he would... You know, he was always an auto audiophile, so even when he was living in tiny apartments, he would have a giant stereo system. Yeah, he used to work at Circuit City, remember? Yeah. That's why he had all that stuff. And so he would watch uh, The Cure show, the the concert film. Mm -hmm. the, I think it was filmed in Detroit. I can't remember, but that's why he Was, was that the Disintegration Tour? Or was that the album before? Was that uh, Head on the Door or Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me? No, show was the uh, Wish Tour. Was it? Yeah, I'm almost positive. Okay. Yeah, so, that's the one that was at Texas Stadium. Yeah, so he would turn off all of his lights and crank up <laughs> the Cure show. Uh -huh. And it might have started with this. I think they usually did. They definitely just started the Disintegration Tour with this. Yeah. So uh, we're going to play The Cure off of Disintegration, Plain Song, for Manny on HTWOW. Perfect.
to the yeah. Do you remember that song, Dave? I do. I do, I do. Holy God. What a way to kick off a record. Goodness. I mean, I I could, if I closed my eyes, I could imagine Manny doing his his air conducting. Yeah, (laughs) where he just does the hands Uh overhead thing. Yeah. Yeah, that, um... We'll and, get into the concerts and stuff. You, yeah. you need to get to your next. Well, you, were y- you were right. It was uh, the Wish Tour. I was r- I was right that it was at uh, in Detroit or, or Auburn Hills. Oh, at, is that where it was? Palace at Auburn Hills, where the Pistons used to play. God, that's weird. I wonder why they picked Detroit. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any idea. But uh, yeah, the uh, show was recorded on the Wish Tour. Yeah. And that was uh, his all-time favorite. We'll get to why that's important in a minute. Yeah. So, um, just I wanted to give a little bit more color around Manny. Um, as I said, folks who have listened to the pod have heard his name mentioned. He's made appearances on the pod. Uh, ticket fans, if uh, anyone remembers uh, the B-team from the ticket... <laughs> that was me and Toby and Manny when uh, the rant ended and they were looking to replace the rant on Saturdays. I ran in the B team, which was the three of us, and uh-huh. we, we did a couple shows. And then Danny decided that he might want to do it. And then we did a few shows of the orphanage. And then they ended up green lighting the orphanage to take over for the rant. But then the B team did a couple fill-ins for the orphanage later on. Yeah, yeah. And it got much better after we figured out, um, hey, let's not meet at a bar the night before and and take away all the funny before we get there the next morning. Right. Because <laughs> we'd basically... Let's not try and, and recapture all of the stuff that we <laughs> talked about the night before. Yeah, let's meet up cause, and pretend like we haven't seen each other, even though we were together for the last six hours and we're very hungover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you were a, a Ticket P1 or a, an HTWOW P1, hopefully the, the name uh, Manny means something to you. Um, and wanted to just give a, a little bit more background. I'm not going to read his full obit um, because there's, you know, the biographical stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need mm-hmm. to know about. But he did pass away uh, on November 19th uh, of this year. Um, he was at uh, Baylor Medical and uh, you know there were there were uh, some moments where we thought he might rally, but uh, you know ultimately the decision was made to let him go. So after you know about a two and a half week hospital stay, um, he ended up passing away uh, at the age of 49. And um, I kind of knew I kind of knew that this was going to fall to me. The uh, writing bit. The writing of the obit. Of course. Um, you yeah, did a great job. I, I didn't volunteer. You know, I didn't I didn't want to raise my hand. But then uh, when our friends, uh, Robin and Craig, who were kind of the, the, uh, the friends who came through to the max for Manny, they were the point people, they were the go-between between the hospital and the parents and the friends. And yeah, they did uh, They did a lot of work in, in those three, four weeks there that, uh, you know, they're in Dallas and they, uh, it, it, Craig knows the parents and Robin was around, Robin knows the parents really well too, it's just, it made the most sense and boy, they, uh, 
it was nonstop. Yeah, so they did so much great work, but they were also so fried that they couldn't even think, much less write an obit. And this is your thing, man. This yeah, is your yeah. Deal. I mean, I, I am I am a writer by trade, and so for better or for worse, uh, it was thrown in my direction. And so I just want to read the back half of it, the part that kind of paints the picture of of who Manny was and what he meant to all of us. And, you know, I'm not doing this because I want to read my fabulous writing on the pod. I want people mm -hmm. to, I want, I want this to be uh, part of Manny's legacy because this will be on the internet forever. Yeah, it's you know, info. It's, it, you know, and so... Not I, everyone lives in Dallas and yeah, is I just, part of the P1 thing. And, and I'll talk a little bit more about his legacy in, in just a moment. But, um, so... After all of the biographical stuff, blah, blah, blah. The ultimate conversationalist and effortlessly funny, Manny made friends everywhere he went. He loved to quote his favorite shows, Seinfeld, 30 Rock, The Simpsons, and Family Guy, but it was his off-the-cuff bits and impersonations that would have friends crying with laughter. An original New Wave kid, Manny once had the most incredible head of hair. Even after his enviable quaff was gone, his love for the music of his youth remained, often debating no one in particular about which band was the greatest of all time, Cocteau Twins, The Cure, The Smiths, or The Sundays. This passion for music and his knack with electronics led him to join his college friends in Deep Blue Something as their lighting director, sharing in their success as they toured the world. His thirst for his adventure continued later in life, planning epic European treks for his friends and following in the foodie footsteps of his hero, Anthony Bourdain. Manny was also a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan, proudly wearing his Jason Witten jersey to the only Cowboys sports bar in Manhattan, and coming up with outrageous watch party themes like Pizza Off and Chili Bell, the latter of which he, run, he won a record three times. He was the glue that held his friends together and loved them all like family. His magnetic smile, contagious laughter, and genuine warmth will never be forgotten. So that is what I came up with to try and distill 49 years into three paragraphs <laughs> man you did a great job with that it is uh it's heavy you know i didn't uh i didn't read it for a couple days on purpose yeah because i knew what you were gonna do but um yeah so, yeah you so, nailed it it's yeah exactly... so the right there in smack in the middle you know after we talk about the four bands that we're playing on the pod <laughs> yeah is uh his stint as lighting director for deep blue something yeah as we were all reminiscing over the last few weeks you had a funny story about how he totally faked his way well, in, into that well it was also funny because i think after the funeral remember his dad has asked me about it like how he became the lighting director and oh I was, right and i yeah. told him he completely lied <laughs> Yeah, so he absolutely lied to it. Yeah, so before you tell the story, um, we we went to the memorial service, and uh, you know there was a part that was strictly for family, and you know strictly like Hindu ritual. You know, e even though Manny was, um, you know, of indeterminate faith, he <laughs> was a man of some faith. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and you know, he he. Uh, he did believe in a higher power and his parents are, are devout Hindu. And so they did, uh, you know, their ceremonial stuff. And then the rest of the friends came in and there was a, a service 
and then after everything was done, then we all uh, gathered together in the lobby because uh, his parents wanted to meet everyone, because. And they're the sweetest people. They're the sweetest the, people in the world, but they. It's unbelievable. They lived in Houston for forever, and then after the hurricane, mm -hmm. they were flooded out, and then they moved to Florida, and so they've been in Florida for a long time, and so. Unless you were friends with Manny in high school, which some of our friends were, and I knew Manny in high school, but I never went to his house or anything. So uh -huh. only, you know, two or three of the attendees at the funeral had ever met his parents. Well, no, I'd met them before. Oh, you had and met like them before. A, like a parking lot in a mall in Houston, like when we're on the road and just because we just all wanted to meet each but very short you know okay, I think well, it was more like Manny was just like you gotta see my parents to see how much they're the Indian version of your parents <laughs> cause they're the exact same size and they're so, both so super sweet you know well he, he obviously Manny's dad obviously didn't recognize you because as he was going around we all got our masks he, <laughs> well yeah. yeah we all yeah we all had our our, our uh, COVID masks on but <laughs> and so finally he gets to Toby <laughs> and Toby sticks out his hand. He says, "Hi, you know, I, I'm I'm Toby. Uh, you know, I've met you before, but I'm Toby." And <laughs> his eyes lit up, <laughs> and he was like, "Toby, I still have the CD. Do something." Oh man, it was too much. I didn't know what to do, and especially during the COVID times. I'm like, we're not supposed to hug people, but I just had to. Yeah, you had. There's to. nothing I could do, and then then we all just kind of. But yeah, you told the story of of how Manny lied to you yeah it was you were, later you were, on you were friends already right well of course and i you know and we all knew we liked the same music and i think we even went to the texas stadium show together like the cure show yeah because curve opened up but we had some friends that used to do lights for us but it looked more like a hippie band thing you know where there was like the kind swirly kinda, lights yeah the swirly lights and there were projectors Mm -hmm. On like two screens on the side and like the gel stuff that it looked more like a, I don't know. But we also noticed that when you have a bunch of films going on both sides of the stage and like all this stuff, because we really wanted it to look crazy all the time, that people don't watch you anymore. They just watch all this crazy stuff that's going on. So after a while, we were kind of like, you know what? These guys, I just don't know if this is working out anymore. And I think they went on to do something else and... Who knows whatever happened with all that. But we were without a light guy, and Manny was at all of our shows because he was our buddy. He was our friend anyway. And he was like, you know that I could do all that stuff. You know, I've been to it. I'm like, well, do you know how to run lights or do any of this stuff? He's like, yeah. I ran all the stuff for all the drama department stuff in high school. stuff. I, I knew how to do all that stuff, which is a we found out. Five yeah, years it was later. total lie. Complete lie. He was a he was a day tripper in the drama department. Yeah, <laughs> he never touched a light. But he also is one of those guys that we all know from college that might not have gone to class a whole lot, but is the guy that will make a hundred on the final just so the professor will pass him. Right. He 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 had a photographic memory, so he would just wait till the night before and cram. And yeah, and that's what he did for lighting. He just would get the manuals for all these moving lights and all this stuff, and would just figure it out real quick. And the next day, blow everyone's mind. It was crazy. I have no idea how he. But also, he's been to a bunch of concerts that we all love the exact same look. Like that's the look and the Cure show. You need to go get the DVD, the show, 
that's what it's going to look like. So be prepared for this. Because that's what we, we tried to copy that as much as we could, that that's what the show, the light, you know, all the moving, everything. But then he took it to a different level that had it a little bit more, not so smooth. He kind of had more of a dark version of it, you know, more of a Joy Division-y cure mix you mm-hmm. know what i mean so it looked uh and also depeche mode because yeah he would he would strobe in there every uh, once in a while tons of it but that is you know he toured with us forever and it all i mean he had to he had to eventually wear headsets with three guys on scaffolding with spotlights tell them the different points of how to do it and then while he's had three controllers working like 20 intellibeams on the starplex stage with the, all the regular lights and then having all crew people run all the smoke and do all the other stuff. And he just kind of figured it out on his own. No training whatsoever. It's wild. It's wild. I mean, that's a he lot was, of pressure. He was, he was a savant. Man, I when don't know he, how when, he did it. When he applied himself, that was the, that's the, <laughs> that's the key word. When he cared about something and he applied himself, he there was really nobody better. It. Oh, he went for it. There's no doubt about Most it. Most of the time, he couldn't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's play some more tunes. That's another. Yeah. Of those. Well, I, I do. Before we play the next song, I do want to mention. So I, you know, I read the, you know, the fluffy part of the uh, obit, mm-hmm. and I mentioned that. Um, or maybe I didn't mention, but we we put together. Uh, Craig and Robin, who we mentioned before, put mm-hmm. together a, a fundraiser in his memory, f- benefiting the uh, ASPCA mm-hmm. for uh, homeless animals. Because Manny, uh, you know, the things that he loved uh, almost as much as music were other people's kids and animals. Oh yeah, and he had a, a, a sweet rescue dog, Laszlo. Uh, that ended up finishing out his life with Manny's parents in Houston. And uh, Manny's mom would tuck Laszlo into <laughs> bed every night. Uh, it's so sweet. But, you know, thought that that was an appropriate m- memorial for Manny. And uh, and also uh, my wife, Marissa, uh, who's really good with the, the iMovie. You know, we had everybody had put together like a, a shared album of all of these Manny memories. And so... Marissa stitched it all together into kind of a, a slideshow slash music video and uh, put it to music and stuff. And so all of that stuff, uh, you know, the the um, the obit, the fundraiser, the video. Um, I'm going to just compile all of that on oldwaver.com in in the episode post. So good. You know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners. They just, this shows up in their podcast player and they just play it and they never go to oldwaver.com, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But if you do go to oldwaver.com and you click on this episode, all of that stuff, uh, uh, you know, kind of about everything that Manny meant to us will be there if you want to uh, read more and if you want to give to the ASPCA in his memory, that would be really awesome. So just wanted to let everybody know about that. Um, but yes, the next, uh, the next band on his rotating best band of all time list is the Sundays, and they are a dark horse. Not a lot of people maybe these days remember them, 
they had a moment before grunge, you know, where uh, their first two records were pretty successful on college and alternative radio, and uh, everyone our age had a crush on Harriet Wheeler. Uh-huh. But then Harriet and the guitar player got married, and they went off and had babies and quit putting out records, and so. I don't know that anybody knows that much about the Sundays anymore, but they were definitely in Manny's top four. Mm-hmm. They were big enough to, when I saw them, I saw them at Arcadia on the reading writing one, and there was a lot of people in there, but the Deep Ellum Live show for Blind yeah. was absolutely packed. I was, I was at both of those as well. Yeah, you couldn't move at the Blind It was great. Well, we're going to play something off of the first record, Reading, Writing, and Arithmetic, because that was... Uh, Manny's favorite record of theirs and uh, we're gonna play we've played some Sunday's jams on the pod before so we had to make sure we weren't repeating ourselves and so we haven't played this one before this one was definitely uh, one of the ones that Manny was super into and it also has like three million plus plays on (laughs) Spotify so you might have heard it before this is can't be sure by the Sundays on HTWOW.
Mm. It's a great song, Dave. Oh, man. Harriet. I mean, everybody that was a fan really wants them to come back. I know. And we talked about it before. Do they know? Remember I told you about the article. Like They are not on on any Soch. They are completely under the radar. They live on like a farm in Scotland or something. I don't know, but doesn't that even make them cooler? Yes. It's like... But I tell you, remember we've talked about the that American Airlines article, American Way article I read that time. Yeah, I don't know. Did we talk about it on the pod? I don't know, but I mean, they did find them. Somebody that because you know they write a lot of those people that do that are out of Dallas because mm-hmm. I guess that's a hub or whatever. Right for the American Way or is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. Well, American is based in Dallas, and yeah. best in Dallas. Yeah, and I, it's funny. I, so they publish American Way out of Dallas, I'm sure. Yeah, and so I read that on the way to Roswell on the freaking plane to go to Tim's cabin out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was freaked out. I was like, if all magazines in an American Airlines thing, they find, they called them and they answered the phone and did a full interview of, what are you doing? And they were like, well, we wanted to raise our kids, so we didn't want to travel anymore, and... Things were fine, and but now they're grown, so we just started writing songs. And so then I was thinking, well, kick ass. There's going to be a new Sunday's record, and nothing happened. How long ago was this article? So we were working on the last Calhoun record, so that was easily five years ago. So they're sitting on a mountain of Sunday's tunes <laughs> by now. Or they just were like, we can't do it anymore. Or they're like... Uh, we can't i mean we put out three tremendous albums we can't top that let's just uh, leave it be i know but don't you really just want to be friends with just her and him that's fine both on the on the instagrams yeah but they're not on the grams have you ever looked her up no do it let's do it, let's right, do now. it right now we're doing an experiment right now she had the best look didn't she it was like this really like awesome young librarian kick-ass look. There's a bunch of fake Harriet Wheelers. I don't think any of these are her. She doesn't seem the type that would put official after her name, would she? Mm-mm. There is a, an, a hashtag, Harriet Wheeler is a goddess. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I just, I think they have um, gone completely off the grid and more power to them. Just wish they would... I mean, even just do do us a COVID pop-up show. Just the two of you in your living room. Just, and just some things, like a shaker and a... Yeah, just let Harriet belt out a couple. And let us have a Merry Christmas. Oh, man, wouldn't that be great? They just hang around. They're probably just up there with the Thompson twin people, just... Except they're not married anymore. Maybe she's like one of those really <laughs> cockney... <laughs> Girls, he's really ballooned up and eats lots of stones all the time. Man, I really, I really didn't think you were gonna do that. That was shocking. Scones, I love scones. Lots of scones all the time. Hmm. All right. Before we get into the next Manny Jam and another Manny Girl Crush, um. I want to bring your attention to a, uh, a little promo that we did for the pod last month that went well enough that I figure I'll do it again. 
You may have heard me mention it at the top of the pod in the promo that we haven't yet recorded at this point in time, but will have played before uh, you're hearing me talk about it now. So we're kind of in an Inception-type loop Man, at the moment. You're freaking me out, bro. Um, but I, I, I asked um, our friends, our listeners... Uh, last month to write us a review on Apple Podcasts and do a screen grab before they posted it and email it to me or tweet it to me. And then I would send them a, a koos, a nice uh, HT koozie. Koos it. We had a number of them. Some of them I don't think followed instructions. Like they just felt like, well, I, I, I'll do them a solid and I'll write them a review, but I don't really need a koozie. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I, I only redeemed like maybe four or five koozies, but I'll do it again. Uh, as I said off the top, if you do it and you, I mean, t- even if you've done it before and you just want a matching koozie, just set up another burner account and send me the email. Uh, but I wanted to do a little viewer mail. Do you have a sounder for viewer mail? Yeah. And it goes like this. You've got mail. Perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah. So. Let's just say, uh, see what people are saying about HTWOW. We're up to 80 ratings, by the way. I think if we can get to triple digits, things are really going to start happening for us. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What does that mean? When, what is when things start happening for us? What does that mean? Uh, that means like other pods want to collaborate with us. Oh, man. I, I then let's know. not do yeah, that. No, I don't know. Uh, no, we get on like uh, the uh, Apple front page or something. I don't oh, okay. Know. Now that's fine. I, I don't, don't want to collaborate. Yeah, I mean, like I said, all of this just helps us in the uh, the Apple rankings. Helps more people find us. It makes us look more legit. The more people that give us five star reviews. You know who I would collaborate with? Who? Your buddies that do the Man City Johnny oh, Marr thing. Noisy Pod? Yeah, dude. They would the, totally do it with us. That's good. Well, what would you do if you... I don't know. If they could get Johnny on. <laughs> there we go. We'll ask them. They're better at it than we are. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they, they are legit. We're just... Uh, we're still noobs at this now in season four. <laughs> noisy Pod. Hit us up. Listen to it. All right, so uh, let's see. Let's go back to the the oldest one here. Uh, Chucky Trevor writes, Great tunes and great hosts. Love these guys and their podcasts. I always learn something and end up with new songs and artists in my streaming playlist. Do yourself a favor and subscribe. That's great. Uh, Rosh Frisco says, Great show. Love the song swaps. Here's something new every episode. Gator in Texas says, First timer. Really? I've been, I've been meaning to subscribe to HTWOW for years, and a friendly tweet by Davey totally reminded me. First off, I love the 80s soundtrack that was included. Davey was probably my fave on The Orphanage. Really missed that show. This was the first intro to Toby. Also wanted to listen to David's uh, Davey's COVID experience, which was last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, got an hour into it, and I have to listen to the rest later, but good stuff, Davey. So I didn't even finish it. <laughs> Uh, let's see, M. Salcid one says, uh, new to podcasts, this show has something. I'm new to podcasts, I find them to be a nice alternative to all music all the time while I'm running, but I downloaded HTWOW specifically to listen to the old Grey Wolf interview and I am hooked. 
High tea and Old Waver keep me interested in the subject, the music, and the beer. Everything a man needs, well, almost everything. Keep up the good work. I'm listening now to the Thompson Twins book report and the cults. Good stuff. It's good. He's right about the running in the, uh, in the pod. Yeah, Sometimes you just you need just to change can't... it up. You can't just have jams nonstop. Yeah, it gets to be a beating. I don't know what it is, but you, sometimes you just need someone talking. Yeah, it helps you zone out. Yeah, it's a good move. Uh, Big Chubb <laughs> writes, Always entertaining and funny. Great commentary on local music and funny stories. Uh, LaDonna writes, Must listen. An entertaining way to spend some time with the boys. New music and old favorites. Always a laugh in there as well. Toby and Davey are awesome. Give it yeah. a listen and make sure to subscribe. LaDonna. And uh, Christopher Slater's uncle writes random thoughts. Could use more baby arm and hints from Heloise. Other than that, it's on par with a night of light drinking. I agree. So, you know. I agree uh, with everything that if was you can, just said. If you can uh, beat any of those reviews and you want to be read on a future pod and you want a free koozie, then uh, you know what to do. <laughs> All right. So uh, when we talked about Harriet Wheeler... Um, the other, uh, Chantreuse, uh, is that, is that, is that the word? I don't know. The, the other siren. Yeah, there you go. That, uh, Manny was obsessed with, uh, was from the Cocteau Twins. Man. Would you say the Cocteau Twins and the Sundays may be two of the most underrated bands in history? Yes. Completely different. Totally different. Completely different, but they yes. They could play the same show, but sure. totally different bands. Yeah, so uh, Elizabeth Frazier is the singer for Cocteau Twins. For the most part of their existence, they were a three-piece, right? Yeah, they, Robin Guthrie, Simon Ramon. Yes. Who does Bella Union, the label, uh, you know Bella Union. Yes. And, um, of course, yeah. Yeah, so they always had the drum machine, so they had guitar, bass, and... Uh, Elizabeth was the singer mm -hmm. and they started out very uh, kind of goth and then they got more atmospheric and then they kind of turned pop at the end well as, as poppy as they can be well it, pop through their weird filter did you um, were you at the bomb factory show the bomb factory show for the four calendar cafe that wasn't at the bomb factory it was when I saw him. No. We, we've, we've had we've, this we've argument been before. Over this. We've done this and we've it was been definitely over this. It. No, it was at a, some place called a Metroplex Arena off of 635. No, that's what uh, my friend saw that one. I saw them definitely at the Bomb Factory. We'll look it up again and you're going to say... Okay, yeah, so maybe that, was, maybe that was the Heaven or Las Vegas tour. I think it was because my buddy went... And he, he was like on crutches or something, but I didn't go to that. Okay. So, no, I did not go to the Four Calendar Cafe one. I wish they I had, had. They had like, you know, they're a three-piece, but definitely had a drummer at this. And like Robin Guthrie brought like three other guitar players that had guitars matching his Hunter Green Strat that he was playing. Because how could you do it by yourself? When you listen to the music, you're like, how could she possibly do this live? Because there's so much going on. But you don't miss it that it's not, you know, she yeah. just hits the high points. Yeah, I mean, there's no telling on a given Cocteau Twins track how many tracks of Elizabeth there are. Yeah. It's just like she just keeps on 
stacking more and more melodies and more and more harmonies and more and more layers. In her own elfish language. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I think some people can't get past is that uh, there are words, but it's just kind of gibberish. It's her own made-up language. On Heaven or Las Vegas, she started incorporating mm -hmm. some English phrases, but they're totally nonsensical. Yeah, but man, it's the best. It is the best. And I, I would say, if, if I were to speak for Manny, that if Disintegration is not his favorite record of all time, then Heaven or Las Vegas is. It might be. And if anyone out there would like to get into Coxie Twins... Of course, Bluebell Knoll is the one that most people all started with. There were other records before that, but that's the one that kind of started hitting for them. Yeah. Um, so the one, two, three is the Bluebell Knoll, Heaven in Las Vegas, and then Four Calendar Cafe. But Heaven in Las Vegas is unbelievable. Yes. From front to cover. Yeah, I mean, I, I've played it for, uh, you know, Friends of, of my wife who have no knowledge, no of, knowledge, yeah. no interest, and they're like, wow, this is really amazing. It's amazing. Uh, it, it, and it's a panty dropper. That was, I used to tell my, our younger friends that were never, that didn't know about them that, hey, if you're, uh, if you're on a date, maybe you should, uh, just gonna play this if you're, you're yeah, sitting you know, around if, the apartment. Don't uh, just, don't, don't be creepy about it. But just, just put it on. Yeah, if she if she invites herself over for a nightcap and uh, you are looking for something to play, don't put on the Barry White. Yeah. Put on the Cocteau Twins. And you know, have light conversation. That's He's, all I'm saying. Yeah. So we have played a, a, a few songs off of this album before on uh, the After Dark and the regular pod because it's so awesome. That's good. But we have not played this one before, and it is. Uh, the top hit on Spotify with like 31 million plays. It is uh, the track one, side one, jam on Heaven or Las Vegas. This is Cocteau Twins with Cherry Colored Funk for man.
can you do you know we've gone over this a bunch but can you there's only one thing that trumps that and we'll get to it but you can't play anything after the cock the twins can you it's difficult you know i was going to mention mm-hmm. when we played the the cure that when uh he and i lived across the driveway from each other oh yeah you get yeah you got it that uh that that was his favorite thing to do was to watch turn out all his lights and watch um, the Cure show on his uh, hi-fi. Uh-huh. Remember that big ass TV? Yeah, <laughs> that obnoxious thing. I think that this was after he had gotten rid of that TV. He had like the first smart TV in like 2004. <laughs> it was the most giant obnoxious thing. Um, but yeah, so. I, and I'll talk more about because this was my first divorce apartment, <laughs> and uh, so it was just a one a little one bedroom apartment um, behind San Francisco Rose off of Greenville, and so there were three three identical buildings all in a row, and I lived in the middle one, and he lived in the one that was closest to San Francisco Rose, and. We would always hang out at one another's apartments. This is when he had the one on the end, right? And he had a little kind of side yard on that kind of no, he devil. Didn't, no, he didn't have a yard. Okay, so this was uh, he lived in those because he lived he lived to uh, in the condos that were right behind San Francisco Rose earlier. But he was on the end, though, right? Uh, he was in the front. Okay. I was in the back. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was in the front of the first building. I was in the back of uh, the second building, and we were catty corner across the driveway. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and What a weird spot. Did you know he already lived there? I can't remember who. I think I might have moved in there first, and then he was looking for a place, and I was like, hey, man, call my landlord. It's, it's pretty cheap and pretty nice. And so, yeah, so we would hang out at uh, one another's place all the time, generally playing music for one another um, or watching Cowboys games. You know, this is uh, 2005, six, I guess. Does it seem earlier than that? Like 2005 just doesn't seem... Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think like 2005, that's, uh, that's pre-Parcells, right? Is it? Holy crap. Is it really? I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to look that up. Hold on. Campo? Might have been Campo. Bringing it back to sports. We're gonna bring it back to sports. Bringing it back to sports. That's what we do on the parking. <laughs> no, so that. Okay, so that was that was in the heart of the Parcells era. So Parcells was 2003 to 2006. Okay. So this is so this, that's right in the yeah, middle. Yeah. So this is the this is Parcells and then the beginning of the Romo era. Wow. And so yeah, we would watch ton of Cowboys games. He's a miracle. And we would uh, he would <laughs> Manny would uh, open up his the windows of his apartment and point his speakers out the window and then we would uh, throw the football. On his front yard, just <laughs> the biggest dorks in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so th- the other favorite thing that he would do, and this uh, this was more later in life because this was uh, very much contingent on our friend Craig having a nice car. That Manny's favorite thing to do later in life was not watch 
the Cure show on his uh, DVD player. DVD. But listen to the Cure or the Cocteau Twins or the Sundays at full volume in Craig's car. It's a nice stereo. From like two in the morning till five in the morning. They yeah. would just sit in there and listen. And I never really got into it because I was like, I don't want to just sit in the driveway in your car. Mm-hmm. But they would just escape into this audio cocoon. Yeah, I know. And he used to do the same thing in New York in his apartment. And I and I tell him all the time, you're not going to make me... We're not going to watch the sunrise. Like, we're going to sleep before the sun yeah. comes up. And sure enough... Yeah, that, that that's the one thing that in all of our reminiscing about Manny, uh, in in all of the gatherings uh, that we've had of of all of his friends over the last few weeks, is uh, you know not only how much Manny loved his friends, but just how he it was never enough that he never wanted it to end, that he was like a, a third grader on a sleepover. But it was, and he was like, "We're gonna stay up all night." Yeah, because it was. He's right. It was awesome. I would never. I would have to force myself to go to sleep because it was so easy to just stay up, end up walking from his apartment in New York to the Hudson and just sit there on a bench. Because, well, it's six o'clock already. We might as well just watch the sun. <laughs> but yeah, it's fun, man. He he just. It was. Uh, he always wanted to. He always wanted to rank things, catalog things, and top things. Yeah, we had to. You have to top the last trip. Yeah, you have to top the last concert. You have to top the last trip. You have to top the last uh, listening party in yeah. Craig's car. <laughs> Whatever it was. Yeah. He was always looking for that next, that next juice. <laughs> I do want to just spend a, a few minutes reminiscing about the most epic trip that the three of us took. Because Manny loved to travel with his friends, and he and our friend Craig, he and our friend Jeff, yeah, they took a lot of trips without either of us. Well, it's tough to do. They... Just because, yeah, we, we had, you know, we had kids, we had things going on. We couldn't always escape on these, like, two-week European jaunts that they would do. Uh-huh. And so it wasn't always uh, us that were involved in these trips, but the one that the three of us went on that was the most memorable and the most epic was uh, the Coachella trip. Yeah, and every time I <laughs> I mention to people that I went to Coachella, they're just like, like, how did they get tea? To go to Coachella and stay in a camper and do this whole thing. But I'm like, dude, Jesus and Mary Chain was playing. This was 2007, yeah. I think. We looked it up before. Yeah, Faithless was playing and Willie Nelson was playing. I mean, it was basically, it covered everything. I mean, Bjork was there, right? I mean, everyone was at this thing. And our buddy uh, Count, Mr. Michael Eldridge, who started the band with me and Todd years and years ago, he records all the DJ Shadow stuff. So he had he had VIP passes and all this other stuff. So 
of course he was there too we just couldn't pass it up we had to go yeah so it was 2007 if i can just run over the highlights um this was when it was a three-day thing i think it's only a two-day thing now oh is it but it was friday saturday and sunday yeah for it, was sure. it was friday saturday sunday and yeah i i can understand how people would be like how in the world did t ever end up at coachella but i think this was this was definitely the sweet spot of coachella mm -hmm. where they got big enough to where they could get really big names but it wasn't so big that it, and it was kind of pre-social media so you didn't have like influencers running around with their hats yeah and you were it was you're basically everybody was there for the music and you're walking around in a bunch of really nice polo fields it's pretty yeah. nice <laughs> yeah it's in the middle of the <laughs> desert but it's on these polo grounds it's amazing it's really and the weather was really good um so we flew into la yeah rented a camper van thing uh-huh uh drove from la to coachella which how long was that uh, from LA to Coachella, I think it was like two hours. It maybe? took a while two and a half to hours? get there for sure. So we, we, I mean, we were up. we were in stop and go traffic out of LA, which was interesting. Yeah, but we in a, stopped in, up in LA at the grocery store, and then uh, and stocked up on all kinds of stuff, and then rolled out there and we stayed at an RV gr uh, campground. Yeah, because the previous time that that Manny and I had gone, just the two of us, we drove. And towed a camper. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We drove like 28 hours from Dallas to Coachella, <laughs> and we stayed at a state campground, uh -huh. which was which was great. But we were like, we are never doing that again. So if we're gonna do it high T style, we're gonna fly we're and, and rent an RV day. when we get out there. It was awesome, man. We had the best time. It was, it really was good. so much fun. So uh, Friday, you're right. Bjork was the headliner. There was also Interpol, Jesus and Mary Chain. I forgot about Interpol. Arctic Monkeys. Arctic Monkeys is right before Jesus and Mary Chain. Yeah. Uh, Jarvis Cocker, uh -huh. Sonic Youth, Faithless, DJ Shadow. This is all Friday. Oh, my God. So we burned it on Friday. Yeah. Friday was definitely the night. Uh, that was also uh, Tokyo Police Club was on that day. Uh-huh. Uh, what happened to them? Well, we played them on the pod not too long ago, remember? Okay. They're all grown up. They 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 have kids and they just play whenever they can. Oh man. You know, they're it's one of those things. Um but that was that was the thing is that we would drive we didn't have a car, we just had the RV and it was, you know, it was what do you, what what class is that when you have the like the Winnebago style, where you have the cab in the front. Yeah, it's but like a bus. It's like a small bus. Everything's connected. Yeah, but it wasn't full on RV where the um, because it was just still like a. It didn't have any bump outs or anything, did it? No, I don't think so. Yeah. It, it it was more like a camper van. It was, it, I mean, not a van, but a um, but it wasn't full on RV where, like, say the front was smooth. It was. It had like a re regular driver hood thing, right? Was it smooth in the front? I, I think it had a very steep grill. I think it was kind of Winnebago remember. style. I guess I so. found some pictures. I need to look up the pictures. But this was the Happy Mondays meltdown. Yes. Yeah. So, but we the plan was is that we would uh, we would have to drive the camper from the campground to the rv parking at the <laughs> coachella polo grounds which that was awesome too because we could take a really long break before we went in right and that's the thing is that that dave 
would be Festival Dave would be sitting there with with his schedule, <laughs> looking at all the bands that I wanted to see, and T and Manny would be totally in chill mode, having a Miller Lite, and like, yeah, we'll we'll see you at eight o'clock at Faithless. Yeah. So we... I would I would go in like mid-afternoon, like three in the afternoon, and go see all the bands leading up, uh-huh. and then you guys would roll in like <laughs> fashionably yeah. late. Especially after the all the bands we saw on Friday. And then, I swear, Sunday, we barely made it in there. Yeah, so uh, let's see. Um, highlights from Saturday. Uh, Peter B- Bjorn and John were there. Yeah. Hot Chip was there. I can't remember if I got you guys to see Hot Chip. We definitely didn't see the Whistle Band. Um, Fountains of Wayne was there. Didn't see that. Uh, did Did I make you guys go see Chick Chick Chick? You know the three exclamation points. That sounds familiar. Uh, the Black Keys were there. The New Pornographers, Blonde Redhead, LCD Sound System. I we know I dragged you. To yeah, that. we were all at that because they blew all of their good tunes at the beginning. Uh, the Rapture was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kings of Leon. Travis, uh, and then the good, the bad, and the queen, as, as we've talked about many times. <laughs> uh, the Decemberists and uh, Arcade Fire was one of the headliners. Red Hot Chili Peppers was the big one, but we didn't stick around we for that. We did not stick around. We didn't see Arcade Fire either. And then uh, Sunday, uh, let's see. Um, I know I went and saw Claxons really early on, <laughs> and the Kooks. I know I saw those guys, and Junior Boys. All of these things I saw by myself. Yeah, we were not in there. Uh, let's see. What was the first thing that you guys may have seen? Did you guys see Soul Wax? No. I think I saw that by myself. Um, did we see Crowded House? Crowded House was there. I don't remember seeing them. Did you guys see Kaiser Chiefs? Yes. Okay, that may have been the first thing you saw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Kaiser Chiefs. Uh, then, as you mentioned, uh, Willie Nelson, Air. We saw Air. Yes. Yeah. Um, Happy Mondays. That was the meltdown. That was so great. Yeah, they couldn't get their teleprompters to work. Yeah, I remember Bez couldn't make it because of the old drug conviction back in yeah, the day, yeah, so they he, wouldn't he let get him a in visa. the country. <laughs> and then uh, Rage Against the Machine was the headliner that we night. We did not see go to any that. of that. Oh man, but yeah, it 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 was so much fun. We had a blast. That was uh, crazy. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of poor judgment. Um, you know, we, uh, we all took turns driving back from Coachella to the campground every night. Manny drove it? No, each of us took a night. Really? Yeah. Each of us took a night driving home, which was always touch and go. Cause this was, I think, uh, remember there was a lot of dust. Uh, yeah. The roads were very dusty and this was before GPS. Mm-hmm. Maybe you had a Tom Tom or something. But it was always sketchy, like making our way back and then having to back yeah. <laughs> the RV into our spot at two in the morning. But we had it. We were good. We were good. And then there was the weird, you know, the weird shower bathroom walk. Remember over there where you... Oh, yeah. You had to go to the, the clubhouse in the middle. Yeah, because we didn't really hook up our... 
Yeah, we did. We hooked up all that stuff, didn't we? I don't think we ever used the bathroom on the thing, not even well, for Well, no, that's the rule. One. You can't use the bathroom on the thing, but did we ever use the shower? Well, we definitely hooked up the water because I would make breakfast right next to your head. I know, remember? you just splattering bacon all over my face. <laughs> I'm really sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> it's terrible. But yeah, I, I mean, I will, for the rest of my days, I will remember that trip fondly it is the and jesus it, and mary chain show and i know you guys weren't into faithless that much but it was awesome for me but the jesus and mary chain show was a, definitely a top four yeah. of anything i've ever seen in my life it was because amazing. that was when that was when they first got back together and started playing again it was crazy it was so loud they've grown up a little so they actually made it through the show yeah they they weren't trashed that they, they had uh um, what's her face? Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson come out and, and sing uh, Sometimes Always with them. It was just amazing. Uh, like I said, that is that was like uh, the height of bro downs for me. It was unbelievable. I I just can't believe we pulled it off. It was one and of those Manny was the driving force. It would not have happened if Manny didn't make us do it. Yeah, he makes all those things happen. And I was telling Craig last time I was in town, I was like, man... And you mentioned it. I don't know if you mentioned it or one of us mentioned it. One of our little get-togethers after the the weeks of us dealing with all the things. He was the guy that did all this. Made sure we went through with all the traditions. So we have to. Yeah, we gotta keep. We gotta, gotta keep chili bowl going. We gotta keep pizza off going. Keep it going because we we're all we real lazy about that stuff. We gotta keep the group trips going. Yeah. Yeah. Every everything that. Uh, would have fallen by the wayside had Manny not been the champion. We need to keep things going in his honor. I know. He was um, even doing that from New York. It was insane. I know. Okay, okay before, so we, before, we get to, before we get to the last jam, um, we have to do our second beer because, you know, I mean, I, it's formatics. We just were required. Is it going to be gross? No, it's going to be delicious. But but I'm not gonna tell you what it is because I want you I, I want you to take a big no. big sip. You know I'm definitely not doing that. And I want you to tell me all the flavors <laughs> that you taste uh, upon your first sip. So here it's I've, I've some poured it for you. Meal Wheat Valley thing. I, take a take a whiff first. What do you smell? Alright, that's not what I thought it was gonna be. It's a little sugary, like honey. <laughs> oh. The aftertaste kind of got me a little bit. But what is it? What do you think it is? I will tell you it's another Martin House. Because they they have the mad scientists in, <laughs> in yeah. their... Uh, what the is brewery. it? It is, uh, what is it? Hold on. It's like a pie, right? Close. It is a dessert. Hold on. It's only 6%, so neither of it's... these are going to put us on the ground. What is it? It's like a, uh... It is a beer. It's not a sour. I know, but it's like a um, caramel. You're so close. 
like a candy apple kind of thing. What kinda, is it? Kinda. It is Bananas Foster. Okay, that's what it is. It's Bananas Foster. That's what it is. It's dessert beer with bananas, cinnamon, and rum flavoring. It's definitely banana. That's what it is. I thought the bananas, because it... Once you know it's bananas, then it kind of then you're like, man, it smells just like a banana now or later. It's yeah, that's what I, I even thought now and later for a second. It's got a really weird. Um... But for one beer, like for just a dessert beer, it's not bad. It's not bad. There's no way I'm finishing this. <laughs> but I I'm glad you didn't spit it out. That no, I was no, really no, no, no. I was this really hoping for a better. spit take. I thought you were gonna do one of those other things. This is not like the what was the one the crambone? What was the one <laughs> the crocus or something? Oh, like, the Krampus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what was in that. <laughs> that was the worst taste. No, this is fine. This is actually. I the, can, the, the cinnamon kind of dances on your tongue a little bit. It is very Christmassy. I mean, you know what? For a, getting ready for a Christmas episode, you kind of threw Christmas in just yeah, a little. you know. Just a little. Just a little bit. Even though it's more kind of New Orleans-y, but I get it. Yeah. Like, didn't they invent Bananas Foster in New Orleans? I don't know if they did, but it's something like that. All right. Yes. So, uh, getting back to what you were saying before I took us down memory lane with Coachella, uh, if you're going to possibly cocteau twins if we're gonna play another song and you're gonna try to top it we did it on an after dark and everyone was like yeah there's no way and i won the night because hey the smiths win the smiths always win yeah i think um i think manny like many smiths fans i think manny became disillusioned with morrissey's later solo material and morrissey's later politics yeah, but still, it's still good. Yeah, I mean, to me... I can find something in almost every record he puts out that's I know, still good. I know, I know. But I'm not going to be uh, a Morrissey apologist. Not at all. I I still look at and listen to the Smiths catalog, which is only five years. I know, and it seems like they were together for 20 years, but right. they really were not. But I look at those uh, as like their own living thing i don't i don't associate that with anything that morrissey did after anything that johnny marr did after it it is it's the smiths and it will always be the smiths it was a and magical... it will always be the most magical exciting incredibly inventive band and my favorite of all time manny may have kind of waned in the later years but it's still my favorite. I think on paper, no matter what, if he was stuck on an island, it would still be a Smith's record. You think so? No doubt about it. There's just, you can't, it, I think it was, it just like it is with me and probably with you, but it's the one that most reminds me of being 16. Yeah, there's, you know some, I mean? there's something about the, the teen angst and the Smiths that it's, just are hand in hand. It's the it takes you back to the music, your friends, the clothes, the stupid hair. Yeah, just everything. It's everything all in one, and so there's I, nothing you can do about it. I have a story about this song uh, that I, I will wait to tell after, but uh, and you know maybe this is a little morbid, maybe it's a little on the nose, but. 
It's what we wanted to play for Manny to close out the pod. It is the Smiths with There is a Light That Will Never Go Out. Take me out tonight Where there's music and there's people and the young and the line Driving in your car I never, never want to go home Because I haven't got one anymore Take me out because I want to see people and I want to see life Driving in your car Oh, please don't drop me home Because it's not my home, it's their home and I'm welcome no more If a double-decker bus crashes into us To die by your side is such a heavenly way to die And if a ten-ton truck kills the both of us To die by your side, well, the pleasure, the privilege is mine Take A strange fear gripped me and I just couldn't ask Take me out tonight Oh, take me anywhere I'm cared, I'm cared, I'm cared Driving in your car I never, never want to go home Because I haven't got Crashes into
first thing when I think about hanging out with Manny when we first met, definitely the Smiths are number one. And it is the one, you know, you know the story of the, it's the one, it's the thing that I give, I used to give him the most shit about is the Bronco Bowl show. Yeah. Well, and, and so that was the one and only time that the Smiths played in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Was uh, it was 1986, right? I think so. At the Bronco Bowl, never came the, to Houston, so we the didn't. late great Bronco Bowl. So I never, I don't have this in my like. I had an excuse why mm-hmm. I get, why I didn't get to see the Smiths. And so when Manny moved back to Dallas, uh, back uh, in March, right before uh, COVID hit, mm-hmm. or right as COVID was hitting. Um, you know, he stayed with our, our friend Dale, and they built LaCue. Yeah, they had to quarantine because he had to have the yeah because 16-day? Uh, yeah, because New York was a hot spot at that time, and so he needed to quarantine when he moved here. Dale took him in. Dale took him in, and they built LaCue in Dale's backyard, uh, you know, kind of the uh, quarantine pub. And then while they were quarantining, Craig and Marissa and myself... Uh, we put together his apartment, Manny's apartment, because he left everything behind in New York and was starting from scratch. And so he gave... But he would inf- he would do that with every move. Yeah, pretty he much. Would, he basically just kind of would... He'd have a one box of like, kind of like a memory box thing. And besides that, it, everything else went every single time. Yeah. Like no couch, no bed. Yeah, he, would, he, would, just, he would just let people you know, take it off of Craigslist or whatever and uh-huh. then just get a new Ikea couch whenever he moved into yeah. his new place, whatever. Because it just wasn't worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> he, 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 again, sent like one box UPS and uh, and then was starting from scratch. And so he gave Marissa's credit card and she and uh, Craig and I would assemble furniture. We would go over to his place a couple times a week and put things together and figure out what he needed and, uh, you know, ended up putting his place together. But to me, the the coup de grace, the, the, the housewarming gift that I gave him that I thought was just the cherry on top, as I found on Etsy, there was a, a guy who, a screen print guy who screen prints old concert posters mm-hmm. and he had the Smiths at the Bronco Bowl 1987 <laughs> in his store. So I bought it and framed it and put it on the wall. It's gold. And so then as we were cleaning out, we uh, decided that it needed to go to Craig because <clears throat> Craig and Manny had tickets to that show, mm-hmm. but they couldn't go because they were both grounded because they had snuck out and gone to Monopolies the weekend before. <laughs> no, I think it was the night, night before. before. Yeah. And they, I mean, had tickets to see the Smiths at the Bronco Bowl and decided, yeah, we need to go out the night before, yeah. too. <laughs> we need to sneak out the night before to some dumb dance club. Yeah. Any chance that I got, I would bring that up. I mean, it was, well, what were your favorite concerts? Well... I never got a chance to see the Smiths. That would have been something if I, I mean, would have. I mean, to to even have tickets. To even have to, or even to be in a town where they might have. It, I would just lay it on as thick as I could to where he would just go. That's enough. I know. I missed it because I was grounded, and I was just like, I'm just saying. If you 
had the chance to see the Smiths and you missed it on their one time. It really would have been cool. It used to drive him absolutely crazy, and I love that y'all hung that poster. It's a daily (laughs) reminder. This is a good nut kick. (laughs) So the the story that I wanted to tell about uh, There is a Light That Will Never Go Out, so one of, uh, I mean, again, anytime I think of Manny, a million memories come to mind, but one of the top memories, and I know one of his top memories, um, was the summer of 2019. So they had already, this was one of the trips that Manny had planned, Manny and Craig had put together, and they were trying to, to twist my arm into going, and the way that they kind of pressured me into going and also peer pressured my wife or my my then fiance into rubber stamping it was, well, let's just turn this into Dave's bachelor party. (laughs) So it was uh, Dale and Craig and Manny and myself and the four of us went to Paris in the summer of 2019. And so it was just the four of us. We had two separate rooms. And and this was, uh, if you recall, yeah. I, I can't remember if we talked about this on the pod when we came. Yeah, I yeah. think we did definitely. We Your wedding back, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, so if you go back in the archives um, and find, like, I, it might have been August or September of 2019, uh, we go through the the whole recap of this trip. But uh, they told um, the hotel that it was uh, my wedding. <laughs> or that I they were that the trip was because I was getting married. Yeah, they just kind of lost it in translation a yeah. little bit. And so when we got there, the room that Dale and I were, were sharing had a, a great big bow on the, <laughs> on the door, and it was like it was our honeymoon suite. <laughs> Switch. So, so uh, we were we were the the uh, the big bear couple, uh-huh. and and then our little prissy friends. <laughs> Having a, a little Parisian getaway for <laughs> the wedding. Right. It's a good idea. Um, so the main purpose of seeing, or, or uh, main purpose of going to France uh, when we went was a festival called Rock and Scene that was headlined by The Cure. And it was the first time that The Cure had played in France or in, I think in Paris, but in France at all in like 25 years. Since the, not since the Orange show. Yeah, I can't remember. But it, it, it had been a long time. Yeah. And so it was a huge deal. And uh, so we went. And this was uh, this was on a Saturday. And so we had gotten there on a Thursday. And so we had, you know, a full day. And we had other activities planned. But then the day of the show, you know, like I said, Manny always, always won more. Always wanting to put things off. I was having to twist his arm like we got we got to get in a car let's now go. let's go now yeah so we have to find a car we have to uh you know figure out where the car can let us off by the venue we have to walk to the venue we have to figure out how to get through security and then we get inside and we realize that the concession stands <laughs> they're only don't, cash. They don't take uh, any cards. It's either uh, it's either euros, cash mm-hmm. euros, which none of us had, 
or your wristband, which had to be synced up with a, a, a debit card that was issued in the European Union. Oh. So we couldn't have even synced up our... If we had like read the FAQs yeah. and had figured it out, we still couldn't have, have linked of our... our cards because our cards were american and yeah they, but you could have gone and got a bunch of euros out i mean yeah we, yeah we could have planned ahead and had a bunch of cash but we didn't and so we had to uh you know bribe some people to uh you know buy us beers i forget how they all worked that out so it was the point of this is that it was very stressful getting there mm -hmm. right that that we weren't sure where we were going and everything, you know, we're in this foreign country and we're a bunch of idiots and we're stumbling around trying to figure out how to do everything. Finally, we all four have beers in hand and we are there just in time to see Johnny Marr on the side stage uh, before The Cure plays. And we're all watching Johnny Marr, we're all loving Johnny Marr, the, the sun is setting. The breeze is blowing. I'm taking selfies. Beautiful July Parisian evening. And the last encore that Johnny Marr played was There is a Light That Will Never Go Out. And the four of us all were arm in arm, singing every word, raising our beers, tears streaming down our cheeks. That's it was so such a cathartic moment because this was the culmination of the entire reason why we were there was this fellowship of this song and seeing our all-time guitar hero, Johnny Marr, even though Morrissey wasn't there, an amazing rendition of this song. And it was fucking beautiful. And I will remember it always. You know, I've said this phrase a lot, Dave, and, it, and I really mean it now. That is so gay and so great <laughs> at the same time. It's, it really is. Because those things go together a lot. Yeah, people don't gay and great. It. Sometimes gay and great. It's, look, look at RuPaul. It's the best. Look, look at the uh, Old Navy uh, Christmas ads. Look at everything. I wish I could have been there. I would say the only thing that would have made it better... Is if you would have been there? Is if I would have been there. Because someone would have had cash. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Um, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna pump up After Dark, but I don't think we need to. Um, you know, if if you are an After Dark subscriber, uh, God bless you and stay tuned because uh, this one's gonna be great. It's just gonna point, be the hit. Yeah, at some point we will. Uh, release the Manny After Dark um, as soon after this pod as we can and it will be all of the hits everything that Manny would want to hear and in turn you would want to hear um, and if you are unfamiliar the After Dark is the premium content it uh, only costs five bucks a month and you get um, a koozie and the pod and you can go to oldwaver.com and find out more for the next one, it might even be after Christmas, but we have to play the Manny Christmas songs. Oh, shit. Or do we play that during the After Dark? We should play that in the After Dark. I mean, we almost have to play the whole thing. It's like, do you just play a clip, or do what do you do? Yeah, let's play Let's play the whole thing on the After Dark. You, but then, you, you know what? But put a link. We'll put a link up on uh, Old yeah, Waver. Uh, uh, yeah, on the... 
that was the other thing that I was thinking about, and I, I'm glad you reminded me because I need to write that down. Um, yeah, so in addition to the, the Manny Memorial playlist, the Manny video, the Manny Obit, the Manny ASPCA fundraiser, we also will have uh, the Manny Christmas, Christmas me uh, medley. Which is probably the number one thing you need to click. It is, it's amazing. Just do yourself a favor, and all I have to say is, just listen to the first five seconds, and if you don't sit through the whole thing, it's fine. But yeah, you're a liar. There's yeah, no way anyone could hear the first five, ten seconds and not sit through the whole thing. It's amazing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll package that for the next episode, and we'll play a snippet and play the rest on the after dark. At some point, we will play it. It Manny, he was a self-loathing Indian, and so <laughs> it gave him joy to poke fun at his heritage and he did so in the form of Christmas carols <laughs> that was uh, our friend Nolan he had this grand plan to get Manny to sing and got him just the right amount of, of cocktails in for it to be pure gold it is absolute gold I played it for my parents at Thanksgiving and they were just losing their minds. It's it's better than any comedy Christmas thing. It's I, better I mean, than Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. It is by unbelievable. Far. So if you're into comedy and you're into Christmas, click on this. Yeah, so uh, we'll figure out how and when to play that. But it will be included uh, at oldwaver.com in the episode notes for this episode. So um, in closing, please just uh, hold your friends close. Don't let, uh, don't let friendships fall by the wayside. Put in the work and uh, tell your friends that you love them. And if you make plans, follow through. Keep them. Sometimes drunken plans are the best plans. Just yeah. follow through. Yeah, sometimes you say stuff and it sounds like a great idea at the time and then you wake up the next day and you're like, that's ridiculous. We should never do that. Or we could never pull that off. Or we could never get everyone in the same place to do that. But you can. You can. It you can, can be done. Manny proved it many times over. And, uh, you know, we will honor his legacy by keeping that going and uh, it, you know, if you want to, even though you may not have known Manny, if you want to keep his spirit alive in your friend group, just be the one. Be the one. Thank you.
And if you don't have a Manny in your life, be the Manny. Take life by the horns. Tell your friends and family, we're doing this. Everybody have a great holiday. Thank you for listening to HTWOW. We'll see you soon-ish. As soon as we can get to December. Sorry this is late. It'll be a quick turnaround.